Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win it. Welcome to Locked On Bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, here after another Bucks win. Milwaukee turned it on offensively to beat the Timberwolves 139-112 in what, which was a, a pretty enjoyable game overall. Uh, it's always fun when the Bucks are banging in the threes. We're going to talk about that in just a little bit. But today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories? It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the Ultra Player of the Week coming up a little bit later in the episode. But joining me, uh, by rule, by rule, it's in the contract, Lockdown Bucks contract. If Giannis has a big night, Frank Madden has to join me. Uh, Frank, you're going to be happy tonight. Giannis shot free throw as well. He put up big numbers. There was some good dunks. Overall, uh, happy days, surely. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, but even even throwing us Giannis stat watchers <laughs> uh, a bone there by bringing him yeah. back uh, in the fourth quarter, he hit another two free throws and got a, a dunk uh, in the waning minutes there. It's, I guess, I think it was was the game within 16, I think, at that point. They brought him. He, he came back to the scores table with about six and a half minutes left, and then neither team uh, was interested in fouling or, or you know, turning it over or doing anything to get a dead ball. So, so I, figured, I think it was, was it him and Dante just sort of stood at the scores table for uh, two and a half, three <laughs> minutes as the clock continued to wind down, and then Yes, Giannis came back for a very token little uh, appearance at the end there, but just 29 minutes from him, um, enough to put up 37 points on 13 out of 18. <laughs> I think he started, I'm pretty sure he started two out of six from the field, so that means he would have hit his 11 out of his last 12, uh, which is pretty good in the grand scheme of things. He also missed his first free throw, I'll point out, so he hit 10 of his last 12 free throws, so that's also a, a positive there. But yeah. Not a lot of resistance from the Timberwolves tonight. Uh, I guess any defense anchored by Carl Towns probably not going to have uh, a great chance of of slowing down a guy like Giannis. Um, so uh, you know we'll we'll see um, we'll we'll see. You know again, does this translate into something meaningful uh, long term? You know, look, there, there's obviously not a, a big takeaway to be had here, but um, but certainly uh, you know again. At this point, with Drew Holiday still out, sounds like he's practiced but did not play again tonight. Any any win that that doesn't require you to play Giannis and Chris tons and tons of minutes, or you know, sweat down the down the final few minutes, I'll take it um, because in the East is sort of all over the place, and the Bucks just continue to and I guess grinding out a win probably isn't the way to describe tonight since it was a pretty easy one. But as long as you keep racking up wins. Um, there's something to be said for the value of that uh, in a season that has been very strange and obviously where the Bucks have had problems racking up wins and grinding out wins at times. So a uh, soft part of the schedule here and Bucks at least sort of riding their ship a little bit. And obviously the, the big question will be what happens when they get some better tests. But obviously, you know, you can only play the teams on the schedule that day. And 
today was the seven and twenty-four Minnesota Timberwolves, who looked every bit as bad as uh, as they have been this season. Well, I was going to do this a little bit later on, but I, I guess while we're rolling on Giannis, we may as well do this. The Mikola Baltra Player of the Week. A uh, very prestigious award, and back-to-back honors have to go to Giannis, I think. Uh, we discussed this a little bit yesterday on the show, but over the last seven games prior to tonight, he was averaging 34 points, 14 rebounds, seven assists. Uh, so obviously huge numbers there. And then tonight, the 37, 8, and 8. A couple steals and a couple blocks as well. I think it would be difficult to give this award to anyone else, but uh, with Michelob Ultra, it's only worth it if you are enjoying it. 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Uh, joy creates success and Giannis tonight Frank to me looked as happy as we've seen him in a long time and clearly as you pointed to when there isn't much resistance defensively uh, you're going to be pretty happy he spoke about after the game that when he sees a team trying to defend him one-on-one he loves it it makes a lot of sense because he doesn't often get that type of coverage but he did say this post game he said win or lose it's not my concern right now my concern Right now, he's having fun and building habits. I want my teammates to have fun. I want us to play the right way. I'm just trying to have fun and be me, and I'm okay and happy with being me. I certainly have noticed the last couple of games, and again, when you're winning, obviously, it helps. And when you're playing well, it does help. It does look like he's having more fun than he was at, at you know in earlier segments of the season, it feels like to me. Yeah, I, I think it, it was a bit interesting, his, his start to the season, obviously, because it just felt like he wasn't really comfortable anywhere other than near the basket. And, I mean, to a degree, I don't, I don't know that a whole lot of that has changed uh, in terms of jump shooting, right? I mean, he hit one out of three threes tonight. Um, it's not like he's suddenly discovered his mid-range jumper and is, um, you know, showing the kind of all-around offensive shooting slash slashing game that, we probably would hope, but I will say one thing that has really turned around has been his post play. And we saw it tonight. They just gave Mm -hmm. him the ball in the post repeatedly. And it didn't seem like the wolves really had much, much of any answer uh, other than just trying to follow him. And certainly when he's making free throws uh, that, that becomes much less of a weapon for other teams to rely on just, you know, hoping he he hits, misses free throws. So, uh, so I, I think that turnaround in, in the post dimension of his game has been something that you know, I think you know pro- people have probably noticed it. I've, I've tweeted about it a few times. I think he started the year. I remember looking it up. He was two of his first twelve uh, on post opportunities per per synergy, and I think he had something like six points on his first nineteen uh, nineteen plays out of the post. So either a shot foul or, or turnover, which obviously is, is, is very bad. Uh, and last I checked, his numbers had gotten up to almost one point per play, you know, considering he started off at 0.32 points per play in his first, uh, first 19 touches. That, that means that he's been really rolling in the post and probably more so than, than at any point in his career. I think the interesting thing is, I mean, we saw him drop in one short hook tonight, but it's not like he suddenly really figured out his hook shot either. He still leaves a lot of those short. His touch on those kind of in-between, you know, non-restricted area paint shots still are not great. But he's, I think he has gotten much better in terms of being patient and using his strength and, and you know, showing some finesse. I thought, I think, think of that move the other night where he faked the turnaround and then yeah. <laughs> pirouetted inside and got that beautiful layup. And I think he impressed himself with that. So I, I think he's shown a, a bit more 
of uh, some different dimensions in the post that that we hadn't necessarily seen from him previously. And on nights like this, where the other team doesn't seem interested in doubling him, <laughs> that, that's that you're, you're, it's a very tall order for whoever's guarding him to try to handle him. And you know, again, he missed some shots early, and then once he got rolling, uh, there really were no answers. And whether it was Cat uh, or Jared Vanderbilt, who got two early fouls, or uh, was it Jaden McDaniels? Is it Jaden or Jalen McDaniels, rookie out of Washington? Uh, nobody really had <laughs> any real solutions for for slowing down Giannis, and uh, certainly, uh, yes, we can we can question whether that's going to be a recipe that can carry the Bucks through the playoffs. Uh, you know, I think certainly he'll he will need more of of that in between game at some point, but uh, you know, I, I think at a minimum, it's it's not just Giannis getting the ball at the top of the key and trying to dribble drive and you know, trying to avoid charges and things like that. I think the post-up game is, is something that has been a positive this year. And it's maybe not as, uh, as obvious as, as that mid-range jump shot that, that people have talked about a lot. But it, it is something I think he's added and is a big reason why, uh, you know, you look at his numbers now. He's, he's rebounded pretty significantly since early in the season when it felt like uh, he was certainly off to a slow start. Well, the interesting thing with Giannis, when you look at him right now, he's up to 286 points per game so you know we we i wouldn't say we completely wrote him off at the start of the season in regards to getting the over and under which i think was uh, up to 30 points still uh, a little bit off there but certainly with this patch that drew holiday's been out he's been doing a lot more scoring so that'll be the interesting thing to me uh, when drew comes back but perhaps the biggest question for this podcast through the rest of the season will we have a, another player that wins the Michelob ultra player of the week i'm not so sure two and oh for yana so far and remember Are you happy because you win or do you win because you're happy? We're covering everything you need to know about the Milwaukee Bucks, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. I thought we should maybe talk about Chris Middleton, I mean, you kind of touched on this at the start of the podcast, but I don't think this is necessarily a game where there are a plethora of takeaways or things that you're going to try and run away from beating the worst team in the NBA, which the Timberwolves are. But Chris Middleton did miss out on an all-star berth earlier. We found that out prior to the game. The coaches did not vote him in as they have the previous two seasons and Chris tonight again just in a little kind of mini shooting slump for him by his standards anyway six for 19 from the field he was three for six from the three-point line didn't get to the free throw line I I gotta be honest probably based on what we've seen the last week and certainly those back-to-back games against Toronto didn't help his case I still thought that he was going to get in Uh, I know the respect that the coaches have for him around the league the way that they speak about him I so I thought that Middleton was going to be an all-star so perhaps I was a little bit shocked but I wouldn't say I was outraged by the fact that he missed out. There's a bunch of guys putting up crazy numbers around the league this season. I think the standings in general uh, don't uh, help the Bucks out in this situation. I know they're nine and 19 and 13 now, but I'm not sure when these, these votes came in. But the Bucks had just lost five straight games. I think all those things factored in. I probably still would have had him in ahead of yeah, probably Jason Tatum who's missed a bunch of games. The Celtics are now under 500. I mean, you could make a case for a number of guys, but I wouldn't say that this is an outrage to me anyway. Yeah, I think you hit on the two big things, right? The, on the one hand, uh, especially with 
the the league's offenses uh, taking another step forward this year. Really hard to be an NBA defense, right? <laughs> yeah. you know, defend defend in the NBA right now. Uh, there's just a crazy amount of guys putting up big numbers. I think Seth Part now tweeted out there's like 43 guys averaging 20 plus points per game or something <laughs> crazy like that right now, which is just absurd to think Remember that many that guys averaging 20 plus. Huge platform. Yeah, exactly. That was like a big big milestone, right? And you know, you get to 20 points per game. I was like, oh, okay, if you're you know a pretty good team, you should be an all star, right? I mean, yeah. I don't know if, you, if your Marissa came, but do you remember the year when Brandon Jennings was, uh, there were like injuries and Brandon Jennings like almost might've snuck in as a, as an all-star, like on, as an injury replacement. Um, I, I remember that same year, I think like the inside the NBA guys were talking about like J.R. Smith being candidate because he was having like a good for J.R. Smith season. And now that you just look back on that and it just seems crazy. I mean, even a couple of years ago when Chris had his first all-star season, he was nowhere close to as good as he's as he's been playing this year. So I think certainly for the average fan, and even to me to some extent, as I was starting to catch up on who experts were picking for the All Star Game, I obviously don't follow you know all the all the guys around the league as closely as as some of the national guys do. And I was kind of like, you know, I think you, you, if you're a Bucks fan, you sort of look at it and you're like, well, Chris has been awesome this year, right? I mean, we all expected him to, you know, shoot into regress. You know, okay, he can't be 50, 40, 90 again. Um, and for the fact that he's kind of been in that ballpark still and his assist numbers are up and obviously just, you know, I think his, his attacking game has looked better getting to the rim. Uh, you just felt like, man, well, he must be an all-star because he clearly was an all-star last year. And, He's been as good or better this year. So, yeah, but uh, I think the, the the fact that so many guys are putting up numbers and, as you said, I think the, you know, sort of the moral high ground argument of, well, the Bucks are, you know, running away with the East as they did the last two years, well, that, that's not happening this year. So sitting third in the East, and as you mentioned, we don't know exactly, I don't know that we know exactly when the voting happened, but it was probably a poor timing as well, given where the Bucks were with their losing streak. I think those two things are, are obviously big factors in just sort of flattening sort of the, the odds for, for everybody. And I thought it was really interesting. The fact that Julius Randle uh, and Zach Levine, and most surprisingly to me, Nikola Vucevic, uh, you know, Levine and, and Randle at least are on teams that technically are in the playoffs right now. Uh, you know, Vucevic, I mean, the magic have been that they're not, they're not quite, you know, Timberwolves bad, but, but they've been bad and they've sucked with him on the court. They've been worse with him on the court than off. He's put up really great numbers this year, but you know, I mean, does, does anybody like if you're trying to win a basketball game, does anybody <laughs> think that that Vucevic gives you a better chance than not just Middleton, but Demanis Sabonis also snubbed Bam Adebayo also snubbed. I mean, those guys are, you know, pretty straight comparables given that they're big men who are on, I would say teams that you know you would say are are better than than the Magic as much as the Heat maybe have have been disappointing. But yeah, I, I was really surprised. You think of coaches as you know, okay, coaches are going to reward winners or you know, reward guys that that play defense and, and do those things. Nope, <laughs> apparently not because you know Julius Randle and, and Zach Levine and Nikola Vucevic are all stars, and Bam Adebayo, who you know, I mean, come on, like the guy came off just incredible postseason as well. You think there'd be a little bit of love. For, for that, even if the Heat haven't been great this year, certainly hasn't been Bam's fault. But, uh, you know, no love for Bam. And the Pacers, what, Pacers are fourth in the East? They have no All-Stars? I mean, <laughs> that, 
that seems unfair. I think Sabonis is the first guy putting up, I think it was the first guy putting up 20, 10, and 5 uh, ever to, and maybe 50% shooting the field or some, some, some qualifiers like that. First guy to not make an all-star team with those numbers. Uh, and, you know, he's, he's great. I, I would happily take him over Vucevic as well. So, so yeah, it, it's just crazy. I mean, you could pick six or seven guys who I think a couple of years ago would seem like no-brainer all-stars, and this year they're on the outside looking in. It's, it's just kind of crazy. I mean, Jimmy Butler had the injury problems, so that probably doomed his chances. But, you know, he hasn't – not like he's missed most of the season. But Jimmy Butler not making it um, – I, I enjoyed Trey Young not making it just because <laughs> the Hawks aren't good. And, and, you know, he obviously brings uh, – to say he brings nothing defensively would be a great compliment. Um, so I was kind of happy with the Trey Young snub, <laughs> I'll be honest. Uh, especially because he was a star. I think he was a starter last year, right? With the fan vote yeah, and everything. He was. Um, so, so that was kind of, that was one I didn't mind so much, but, uh, but yeah, it's uh, just a really competitive season. We're used to seeing this kind of in the West, I think, but you look at it this year, um, you know, you can blame Brooklyn, right? Cause James Harden comes to the, to, comes from West to East. KD obviously last year was hurt. So he wasn't in, in the running and, Kyrie also was was voted in last year, I think, or or made the All Star team, but didn't play. So that's three three roster spots right there that uh, get taken up and and really kind of contributed to the squeeze that we were seeing this year. So um, we'll see. I, I obviously still a chance that Chris could make the team as a as an injury replacement, depending on kind of what happens between now and March seventh. But the flip side is, hey, silver lining. I mean, if ever there was an all-star game to miss, this would probably be it because you, you can't do anything when you're there. It's going to be just like fly in, sit in your hotel room, uh, play the game and, and go home, it seems like. So, uh, so I, don't think, I don't think Chris is going to miss much that way. He's famously not done so well in the three-point shooting contest. So I think missing out on that stuff probably isn't a big deal. Um, so hopefully he enjoys a few days off to recharge his batteries with, uh, with his family and um, can get ready for, you know, the, the nominal second half of the season, um, with, uh, with a chance, a little downtime. Um, but, uh, but yeah, uh, too bad for Chris uh, was rooting for him, but I, I agree with you. I, I was not shocked, especially just with the way that the past couple of weeks have gone. And, you know, certainly the, the, the sparkle of his first, um, uh, you know, call it the 30 games or whatever. A lot of that probably was, was drained by, uh, by that Bucks losing streak, which, you know, that's just kind of the way it goes, but, um, we'll, we'll have to see, maybe he, he does sneak in after all. Uh, but in the meantime, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's not the end of the world by any stretch. Yeah. Chris admitted post game himself. He said he was disappointed, uh, but he pointed to the last couple of weeks as well. He said he's been really disappointed with his play. Even in tonight's game, he thought he missed a lot of open shots that he should make. But I'm glad you brought up Vucevic because uh, I always laugh when I think about Vucevic in all-star games now because going back... Well, first of all, there's no player that can possibly be in this all-star game that I want to watch less than Nikola Vucevic. Like, let's be honest. Like, he, <laughs> no one wants to watch him play. He's boring. No one wants him in the all-star game despite the fact he's had a pretty good season. And I always laugh. I think back to the all-star game in Charlotte uh, I was sitting next to Matt Velasquez and, and look, I, I miss Matt Velasquez as much as Giannis as well. I just want to throw that out there. But we were sitting 
in Charlotte and uh, I guess they were going through different highlight packages of all the different All-Stars and Vucevic's highlight package was the funniest thing I've ever seen for an All-Star. It was literally nothing but wide open mid-range jump shots. That's all his highlight package was. So you've got LeBron James, uh, you've got Steph Curry, you've got all these great highlight packages, exciting plays and then we had to sit through 45 seconds of Vucevic uh, hitting open jump shots. So whatever, it's strange. I I did joke that it just feels kind of weird that the Knicks... Bulls and Magic have an all-star in the East this year because I think you, you know, associate the, the all-star with the guys you mentioned and the Nets are obviously loaded. It was always going to be more difficult, but it is just, uh, it's been a while since we've had that combination of teams in the all-star game represented in the East. All right, it's Built Bar time. We're going to talk about Built Bar. Again, I keep on saying this, but uh, highly recommended from myself, from Frank, from Justin. It's great. We're not lying. You need to try Built Bar if you haven't done so already. Uh, it is the best tasting protein bar ever. That's what they say, but that's also what I say. They've got 18 different flavors to choose from. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are soft and easy to chew. Uh, great for the health conscious guy. So if you just want a little snack, but you don't want to be eating rubbish, you know, Built Bar is the way to go. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat because the bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber. Great for those on the keto diet. And then we've got a sweet deal for you guys. Go to builtbar.com, use the promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Use the promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. March Madness is a few months away, but the future of the NBA is on display right now. Get a head start on next year's draft analysis by subscribing to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast. Draft guru Chad Ford has his first big board of the year out with profiles of Cade Cunningham, Jalen Suggs, Evan Mobley, and more. What about Josh Giddy, the Australian? Come on, Chad. Subscribe to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board podcast wherever you get your podcasts. What about Bryn Forbes? Maybe we should talk about Bryn Forbes a little bit. I'm wondering where you're at, and we've sort of briefly discussed this through the weeks so far in the season, and we always project ahead and say, well, okay, what's going to happen defensively with Bryn Forbes? And look, i got to give him credit. He's undersized, for sure. Uh, but I don't think that any defensive issues that he has are necessarily through efforts. I mean, he really hustles on the defensive end. I have to give him credit, despite the fact, as I mentioned, he is a, a small guy by NBA standards. But as far as his shooting goes, uh, he's on fire. And he continues to shoot the ball really well. Five for nine from three tonight. Season high, 23 points in 25 minutes. Uh, he's one of the rare guys. I've been trying to think about this with the Bucks in recent years. Who's been someone that takes genuine heat check threes? Uh, the Bucks really haven't had a guy like that, and certainly they haven't had a guy that comes off the bench and plays in, in this fashion. And it's kind of been a fun thing to watch this year with him and Bobby Portis being the other guy that can get you 20 points off the bench on any given night. It, it just... If there was one thing that the Bucks have been missing, not only in their last two runs, uh, you know, in the, in the postseason, extended postseason runs, but in previous years as well, the Bucks really haven't had scorers come off the bench that can get you quick points. And I think we all looked at Kyle Korver last year as the shooter off the bench that might be able to knock down a few threes, but he was old. He was past it. So it wasn't Kyle Korver from four or five years prior, but Bryn Forbes, shout out to him because he he's fun to watch the way he's shooting the ball and he's getting really good looks in this offense. Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad you you gave Kyle Korver a shout out because he was the guy I was thinking of as as you were complaining about how no one you know the Bucks didn't have anybody <laughs> who more or less was like Kyle Korver. But yeah, I mean you're right. Kyle obviously wasn't he didn't play 
every night. Um, you know, I think he played probably more than, than maybe we might have thought coming into the season. I think maybe they're, you know, you can argue maybe they're, we, we would have liked to see some other guys get chances at some point. But, um, but, but yeah, I mean, Bryn's playing, I think, 18, 19 minutes per game, um, you know, averaging almost 10 points a game. Just for reference, Corver last year, 17 minutes per game. Played 58 games, so played most games. Um, so, you know, not, not that far off in terms of, uh, of, of, you know, just kind of the, the, the minute load, uh, and Corver 42% on a little over four, uh, four threes per game, I'm trying to bring up Forbes numbers. Just so people, I think he's at 46% three, 46% threes. And that's, that's, I think without including tonight's game where he hit what five out of nine. Um, so yeah, I mean, Forbes obviously I think has, I, I think if you look at the, the off season signings, right. Uh, and the two, the two most obvious ones, Augustine and, and Portis, right. Using the exceptions on those guys. And then, uh, Forbes kind of comes in, not as an afterthought, but, uh, you know, a lower paid guy, he, he did make, get more than the, uh, the minimum. Technically he did get a portion of the mid level, but very close to the minimum. And, you know, I think if you look at those, the, the those off season signings, I think, to me, he's been kind of the the most solid guy that I probably have the least concerns about from a playoff perspective. Now, I think Portis has maintained a relatively high level of play here, night in and night out. Um, I, you know, I think with Forbes, at least, I, I don't know. I, I feel like you can hide sort of smaller guards more easily than you can hide big men who you know can struggle defensively. So I, I have, a, I guess, a little bit more confidence there from Forbes. And I think also the other piece too is kind of like Corver, you know, he's the the token guy that runs those reverse pick and rolls with Giannis and then flares to the top of the key for for threes and you know plays that nice two man game with Giannis where Corver developed a bit of that last year as well. So uh, so I, I think certainly Cor- Forbes has been you know you think about those signings and I don't know if you want to throw Tory Craig in there. I think Tory Craig not not contending for that. <laughs> best signing of the Bucks offseason at this point. Uh, I think Forbes is probably the guy that that you'd uh, you'd highlight for me as as being the you know kind of the most pleasant surprise and kind of doing what what you really would want him to do. And uh, I, do I wish that he occasionally looked to pass more? Uh, yes. I think I think he actually had a pick and roll pass tonight. I forget who it was to uh, and I was kind of shocked because it just seems like when he takes a screen his only mindset is, is getting a shot off, even if it's like an off balance mid range shot, which those are the, those are the ones that, that bug me, I would say, uh, out of his, out of his shots. But, uh, yeah, he's a great shooter and certainly that we'll see, can he continue hitting 46% of his threes over the course of a full season? That's probably a, a, a very high bar, but look, he's a career 41% shooter. So we're not talking about you know, Dante hitting 50% of his threes in the first two weeks of the season or something like that. This has been going on for now 30 plus games with him and he's a high level shooter. And, you know, just thinking back to the playoffs, right. Um, we always talk about the wall and, and teams slowing Giannis down, but a huge part of that is just the fact that the Bucks could not hit shots from the perimeter consistently enough to really punish teams. And Forbes um, is a guy that that you hope maybe gives them a, an option to do that, and a guy that hopefully can keeps defenses honest when when they are really paying attention to to Giannis and, and Chris and uh, and trying to slow them down as as the focal points of the offense. 
So they have seven players averaging double-digit scoring uh, this season with Giannis, Chris, Drew, Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, Dante, and Bryn. And, and, you know, Brooke, Dante, and Bryn are right there around 10. So this could go either way. But do you feel better about this team's offense in the playoffs? I mean, I think I do basically just from what we've seen from Drew, Drew Holiday in the half court. Uh, I think that's enough for me. But in terms of the other guys who you are going to have to rely on, to knock down shots. Brent Forbes hasn't played a lot of playoff basketball. The one run that he did have, he shot a really high percentage. But you know, there still has to be some concern because you know that those guys are going to get open looks in the playoffs. And Bobby Portis has shot it well this season for sure. Will he be reliable you know, to shoot volume threes in the, in the playoffs if he's open? I'm not sure. Dante, we know what he's like and the other guys have struggled a little bit. So overall, do you still feel better? about the the offense in terms of how it will translate to the playoffs? Because we talk a lot about the defense for obvious reasons, but still, you already said it earlier in the podcast, it's becoming more difficult to defend. You're going to have to be able to score, particularly if you're going up against a team like Brooklyn, who, let's be honest, I mean, stopping them is going to be a ridiculous task. Yeah, I think think you have to feel better about the offense. And, I mean, as you said, Drew is the obvious reason for that. Uh, Just swapping in holiday for... Uh, whatever holiday gives you can't be <laughs> worse than than what Bloods yeah, has given yeah. you in the playoffs the last couple of years. And again, sad to say because obviously Bloods was a guy that we all wanted to succeed, succeed, but he was just such a zero offensively when when they really needed him to at least be solid. Right? Uh, I think that that swap is really the big thing for me. Uh, but uh, other than that, you know, Portis <laughs> certainly his game is a double edged sword. Relative to last year when uh, you had uh, Robin Lopez playing much of the season, but then Robin uh, basically benched the last round and a half of the playoffs for the Bucs. So he really wasn't a factor. And really it was Marvin Williams. You know, Ursan also didn't play. So uh, you know, if you're talking about the offense in the playoffs and, and that backup big rotation, really it's, it's you're basically saying Marvin for, for, for Bobby. And is that a, a, a better swap? I think offensively, that's a win, you know, that's a, a positive swap. Um, I think relative to what Marvin was even last year at his age, I think I still trust Marvin Williams in a playoff setting more than Bobby just because of Marvin's switchability and just his defensive uh, abilities. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, he can, and he can also hit, you know, open threes. Uh, I mean, he hasn't been hitting them as well as Bobby's been hitting this year. I mean, he, Portis has been lights out as well, which to some extent, I, I think we won't, don't expect that to hold up for the long term, but I mean, it wouldn't shock me at all if Porter shoots 40% from three this year. You know, he gets open looks. <laughs> we know he's confident. Uh, and he's a pretty good shooter, right? I mean, he's he's got pretty good touch from all over the court. So uh, so I, I think, yeah, I think overall you'd say the Bucks look better offensively. And the last piece, probably the most important, is Giannis, right? And what is Giannis going to look like offensively in the playoffs? Um, you know, do we have reason to think that he's a – uh, a, a very different and more malleable and more versatile offensive player than he was a year ago. Well, no, I don't, I don't think, you know, we can, we can say anything with certainty on that front. Um, but then if, the flip side too, is, you know, looking at, looking at the teams in the East, right. Um, and just thinking through who, who, the, who they would have to go through to get to the finals, you know, do any of those top teams scare you in terms of how they match up with Giannis in the way that, you know, Miami did last year. I think Miami had great personnel, great coaching. You know, I think Crowder, 
in particular, I thought was a really good guy to have because of his strength and ability to, to force Giannis to uh, roam off him and give up open threes. Um, but you still have Bam, but no longer have Crowder. I thought Derek Jones Jr. gave them some good minutes, even against Giannis with active hands. Um, so they've lost some guys uh, defensively in the heat. And obviously right now, I don't think they're even in the playoffs if it ended today. Uh, and other than that, I mean, you know, Philadelphia, uh, Joel is, is a really good one-on-one matchup for Giannis, but can he keep up with him for 48 minutes over a seven game series? I don't think he's going to be able to stop Giannis from getting, you know, his, his points and go down the line, Brooklyn. We know Brooklyn doesn't have anybody that can, that can stop Giannis. Um, Indiana, Boston, um, you know, you kind of keep going on the list, you know, to Toronto, Toronto, obviously very well coached, but, uh, but again, I, I think if you're looking at the East right now, I, I don't see a team that is as well suited to defending Giannis this year as Miami was a year ago. And maybe that's a little bit of wishful thinking. I think I'd much rather, you know, Giannis show the sort of diversity of offensive game that would leave no doubt that he can be that best player in a playoff series, first round, second round, third round finals. Um, but I think I'm also still at the point where I kind of need to see it to really believe it, right? After after the last two years when he he obviously fell short of expectations in the rounds when when the Bucks were eliminated. So so yeah, I mean I think offensively, Bucks look to be in pretty good shape. And I think that's why we kind of take the offense for granted a little bit right now. And obviously the focus generally is, has been so much on the defense. And I one comment about the defense. I, I noticed this a couple times with DJ Augustine in, in the first half tonight. Um, you know, I think one of the benefits of the Bucks playing, you know, the last two years, playing so consistently the same style. As a guard, you knew you always had to go over the screen and you knew you always had to work hard for it. Now, I, I just, I, I do wonder, you know, switching some of the time, I kind of wonder if it just sort of makes guys more lax because it just there are a couple examples where the bucks were not switching but the way augustine didn't really fight over a screen it was almost like it was just sort of like a guy who was used to his team switching a fair bit and so he wasn't working as hard as as really he should and i don't know i mean that that's kind of just a small thing but it was such a it was such a critical thing to how the bucks played defense the last couple of years knowing that bledsoe george hill dante those guards were always going to work really hard and try to get those rear contests um, on the guards in pick and roll. And um, I, again, I, you just kind of, I mean, tonight, look, Timberwolves scored a lot of points, but they only had a 105 offensive rating. This was, you know, actually a good defensive effort, you know, or at least a st- statistically good defensive night from the Bucks. But I think there's still these examples you see. They gave a lot of points early. And I do kind of wonder is, again, are they becoming a team that, you know, has sort of lost its identity a fair bit um, because they're trying different things and just, just kind of something to watch out for, especially without holiday, you know, and like, you know, you, you get drew makes sense that you're going to switch more, but now when he's out, you're left with a bunch of really small guards who are not switchable at all. Right. It's as good as Forbes to shot the ball. He's not a switchable defender per se. Obviously Augustine is in and, and Dante as well is obviously not a strong guy if he gets switched in a, in a matchup as well. So, I don't know. It's uh, just something we're going to have to continue to watch, but um, just something that, that kind of I figured I'd mention just that I thought I'd noticed it a couple times early in the game. 
Yeah, I think that it's a good point you make because I've been wondering myself, I guess, over the last few weeks, particularly during the losing streak, I think a lot of the defensive issues, like we know there's been breakdowns and and, uh, yes, you've probably lost some defensive personnel, particularly in the second unit, but a lot of it still does feel like uh, perhaps the effort just isn't there or the intensity is not there. And I do wonder, and I'm looking to see this through the back end of the season, whether that is something that can be elevated. And if that is something that will be lifted as the season goes on, and this is just a, a different attitude with the Bucks team, or it is personnel where it's not going to change and it could be a problem moving forward. I, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And again, uh, it's been very hard to really judge anything without... Uh, Drew Holiday in the lineup, and you know, I, I think that's fair to say. And we're seeing that with the Lakers; uh, they've lost three straight. No one expects that the Lakers can win the title without Anthony Davis, and the same would be for the Bucks without one of their top players as well. It's just not going to happen. So the fact that they are taking care of some of these games that they really need to to keep touch with the top of the East, I think, is at least a positive. And just the last number, just to again point out just how ridiculous offense is in the NBA this season. We always talk about the threes the Bucks give up, but this was the seventh time this season they have hit 20 or more threes in a game, uh, which is, I think, is second in the NBA, only behind the Jazz, who I believe have done it nine or ten times so far this season. They've been incredible. Uh, prior to this season, the Bucks had only done that four times in the regular season in franchise history. So they've done it seven times in the first half of this season. I think that tells the story of the way the teams are shooting the ball, the way offenses are being run. And, uh, you know, it's going to be really interesting to see if the, if the situation changes, if the, the atmosphere changes towards the back end of the season, if more crowds are in there, does it have an impact? I, I don't know. I honestly don't know the answer to that. But it's been fascinating to see these teams just pour it on uh, so far in the season. And, uh, Something frustrating when it goes against you, but very, very fun when it's the box that are knocking down all the threes. We're going to have to ask Eric at some point here um, what the, the game environment is like mm. with a small number of fans rather than no fans at all, because I certainly can't tell. I don't know if you can. I can't tell at all from TV. You know, it's felt like exactly the same as as yeah. the pre-fan games, you know, in terms of noise, right? Because I mean, again, they they obviously were previously piping in noise and uh, and sound from the video board and all that stuff uh, prior to this, so it, it it's kind of hard to tell. I I think Giannis has alluded to oh, how you know it's it's a big deal and they they love having fans back in there, but I don't know. I'm I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure how how tangible it is, right? Um, and of course, ironically, the first it was it the first two games of fans they they, they lose to the Raptors. So, uh, so that wasn't really an auspicious start for welcoming fans back into into the into Pfizer Forum. But uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't know. We'll we'll have to see how much of a difference it makes. And I think obviously the very the question we're all trying to, you know, we all love to know the answer to, and ho- you know, hopefully we can cross our fingers on. But um, you know, will will the United States get to the point? from uh, a vaccination standpoint and a COVID standpoint that, uh, you know, larger volumes of fans can actually start attending games, especially around playoff time. That's, I think, the most most interesting thing because, you know, everybody's jostling for playoff positioning and home court and all this and that, but nobody really knows what what, what that's really going to mean uh, other than sleeping in your own bed um, four times rather than, than three in a, in a seven-game series. Well, the Bucks homestand will continue... And also, I should point out, I know uh, a bunch of our listeners have been getting to the games because I see some photos coming up on the timeline. So, yeah, let us know as well. Hit us up on Twitter, uh, at LockedOnBucks, at Kane Pittman. Let us know, uh, at FMadden NBA. Is that uh, top of my head? Is that right? 
Yes, I am on Twitter, Kane. Thank you for acknowledging that. I think I follow you. Is that right? <laughs> well, I well, you know, I, I didn't want to just say your, your handle. Um, you know, the first the first few months I was doing this podcast, I think if you go back, I was I was just saying at Frank Madden NBA for for just a few months. So I, I don't know if that's actually a real account, but it's not yours. So uh, I'm always well, a little I, bit wary. Yeah, I I have my old like personal account, which I never really use. Um, my like non-basketball account that I think is at Frank Madden, which I haven't checked in forever. So I don't know, maybe I picked up a bunch of random followers, <laughs> but I think Frank Madden NBA, I don't think anybody's got that one. Um, that's, that's not a, not a too coveted handle. Um, so, uh, so yeah, but I feel like if you listen to this pod, you probably, you probably already found me on Twitter previously. So. That's true. Everyone's thinking, Jesus, Frank Madden NBA is terrible on Twitter. Why am I following this guy? <laughs> uh, Bucks, uh, they actually have, it's it's going to be a revenge, a team revenge game. Pelicans coming into town. Uh, that will be in a couple of days' time, Thursday night. So that'll be fun. The Bucks have to get back, uh, looking to win four in a row now. So they're responding from the five-game losing streak. That'll be fun. Zora Stevenson is going to be on the podcast tomorrow. Uh, we've been trying to uh, make that happen the last few weeks, but now that I've got a little bit more time, we can do that as well. So that'll be fun. And then Frank, I'll probably uh, probably be talking to you after the Pelicans game. Looking forward to it, sir. All right, Bucks 19 and 13, third seed in the East. A couple of games back of the Sixers in first. Uh, like I said, Pelicans on Thursday. Uh, subscribe, rate, do all those things with the podcast, and we will speak to you guys tomorrow.